0: Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Wednesday. Uh, I hope everybody's having a great week. Happy Hump Day. Uh, it's cruising along. The week is cruising along. I got the, the kids wrapping presents. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Christmas is around the corner, and with Christmas around the corner, uh, New Year's Eve. And the first sponsor of the day, Jim Spenrath, and the team over at Three Trees Tap and Kitchen. By doing a little creeping, creeping, I found out that they uh, they got a New Year's Eve special coming up, uh, starting with a 10-ounce Canadian New York or full rack of ribs, prawn skewer, blah, 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 blah. Delicious. That's all I'm getting at. So if uh, you're heading out anywhere for New Year's Eve, taking a special someone, I suggest, just from my experience just from the times I've tried taking the wife out for date night, that if you're going to do something and you're like, ooh, yeah, that sounds kind of lovely, uh, first off, take a look at the menu and see what they're cooking with. But I would I'd do this thing called a reservation. You know, it's kind of useful. Get your table. Don't look like a dummy like this guy. 780-874-7625. Book. And uh, that way, when you show up on New Year's Eve, you you look smart and, uh, once again, not like this guy. A complete dummy. HSI Group, they are the local oil field burners and combustion experts that can help make sure you have a compliance system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, automation products for residential, commercial, livestock, and agricultural applications. They use technology to give you peace of mind so you can focus on the things that truly matter. Stop in today, 3902 52nd Street, or give Brody or Kim a call at 306-825-6310. Mac Construction, they've been doing business locally for 12 years. Over 100 homes completed. They, of course, are a design build custom home home building operation that is specialized in constructing custom homes, cottages, and RTMs throughout layminster and communities since 08. In addition, they also do extensive renovations to residences and light commercial work. If you're looking to build your dream home, head no further than macconstruction.ca. Jen Gilbert and team for over 45 years since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Cobalt Banker Cityside Realty have served Minster and the surrounding area. Uh, they offer star power, providing their clients with seven day a week access uh, because they know big life decisions are not made during office hours. And did you know when it comes to rental properties, they are the biggest licensed residential property management company in the city of Lloyd Minster, dealing with over 300 rental units. We were talking houses, apartments, and condos. They know home is truly where awesomeness happens. That's Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, for everything real estate, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Give them a call, even with broken ribs. If we go back to Jen Gilbert running that. Impressive 65 plus K on broken ribs, just saying. Give them a call, 780-875-3343. Eggland. Well, the, sun, or the snow has uh, put to bed uh, harvest season, that is for sure. It is well behind us. I was in there last week. Oh, if you're looking for a Christmas present for your kids, I'm just saying, the little gators. Uh, I should have never shown my kids those, because let me tell you, they're pretty uh, pretty slick and if you're just uh, scratching your head, dads uh, scratching your heads, dad, dads out there, uh, stop in Agland and, and maybe pick up one of those suckers for the kids. They won't forget it. Of course, uh, they sell a wide variety of uh, products, including John Deere, Brant, Brent, Bobcat, Dangleman, and AA tra- uh, trailers. Head to agland.ca to check out their full inventory or give them a call, 780-875-4471. If you're looking for outdoor signage, uh, the team over at Read&Write.com uh, is is where the podcast hangs its hat because man, they look me, make me look sharp. Give them a call three zero six eight two five five triple one. And Gartner Management is a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. There's eighteen hundred square feet of open uh, space, so if you're uh, just need a single office, you want, you know you want something like the podcast, or maybe you got multiple employees, that type of thing. You need multiple offices. They got uh, something that can fit every need. And, uh, you know, wouldn't it be nice to start off the the new year, 2022, uh, with some new digs? Just saying. Why don't you give Wade Gartner a call? 780-808-5025. And if you're heading into any of these businesses, let them know you heard about them from the podcast, right? Now, let's get on to that T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. She worked for the federal government for five years with Service Canada, was an RCMP officer for six-plus years. She's a mother of three and the president and founder of Unified Grassroots. I'm talking about Nadine Ness. So buckle up, here we go.
1: I'm Nadine Ness, and I'm with Unified Grassroots, and I want to tell you, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by uh, Mrs. Nadine Ness. So first off, uh, thanks for hopping on.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Um, Now, to the listener, you got to give the backstory. You got to give them a little bit about yourself, Nadine, so they can get a feel for who they're listening to and uh, maybe some of the relevance uh, that's brought you here today.
1: Yeah, well, it all started, I think it was like first week of September, if I'm not mistaken. Um, For one, I wasn't looking for this. I think a lot of people who get in this position weren't looking for it. It kind of came looking for them. So it started with, there's a post on the town page of someone asking when the next school board meeting was. And I messaged the girl saying, Hey, are you concerned about the things I'm concerned? You know, you want to be careful what you say. (laughs) You don't know which side they're on. So, and it turns out she was concerned about the same things. And I said, Hey, we should meet up and come up with a plan to do a presentation in front of the school board. So I say, how about we meet up at my house? And she's like, sure. I have a few friends that, that want to join in. So um, I think we had maybe seven or eight. So I was like, okay, I'll start a Facebook group just to share the address. So everyone can know how to get here. And so that was like on Tuesday. And then we were supposed to meet on Saturday. And within 24 hours, that Facebook group, which was private by by only, had grew to 850 people. So we obviously couldn't meet at my house. I had to delete my address. (laughs) And then we ended up renting a a hall in Hepburn, small town of Hepburn. And so within a few days, yeah, we had uh, over 250 people show up. And then we had started what was called Grassroots Concerned Parents, um, which was a Facebook group that we still have. And uh, so we had that town hall. We kind of met a bunch of people that wanted to volunteer who then after that became part of our board of directors for a not-for-profit organization, which was really cool how all that came about. And then the Concerned Parents group grew to about 2,000. And because my husband was a family physician, I had a lot of other physicians reach out and nurses saying, hey, do you know of anyone else who feels the same way as you guys who are concerned about some of the COVID policies? So we ended up starting like a small signal groups with that. And then out of that, we kind of teachers reached out. So we ended up starting a teacher signal group and then there was one thing i noticed in the province nobody was coming together everyone was so afraid to talk and we if we were going to affect change we needed to to give everyone a place where they could come together so we started signal groups from for all different professions so police officers firefighters um crown workers uh city workers construction we have over 40 different kinds and then they announced the vaccine passport shortly after that so our our group had probably grown to, I don't know, maybe maybe a couple thousand by then on on Facebook, and then the Signal group we probably had about twelve hundred people. So, um, and then the the loss I I got approached by lawyer Luke Koupal, who was doing the lawsuit um, against the 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 mandates for Crown employees. And because we had some in our group, he, he approached us and then asked if we wanted to join in on it. So we actually only got in on it the last week that it was, well, it kind of only got put in together for about a week, but but that didn't really go anywhere. Not because we didn't have evidence, but because they said you can't file a lawsuit for something, you don't know what it is going to be yet. So they had announced the vaccine passport, but they hadn't put out the policy yet. So, so yeah, so that happened. Um, The same week we, all the doctors and nurses had come up, come together and wrote a, a letter to the province. So we organized this unity concert in Saskatoon. So we had city permits, everything. We followed all the health guidelines and, um, We didn't have, I don't know if we had our Facebook group Unified Grassroots at that point in time. Um, It might've been started around that same week, just a place for all the signal groups to join together. That wasn't just a concerned parents group. And then, so we had the concert and over a thousand people showed up. So if you're you're not familiar with Saskatoon, that's a lot of people to come in an event. in Saskatoon. So, so it was really successful. We had, it it went off without a hitch, like no, nothing negative happened. It was really
0: good. I'm curious, Um, Nadine, to hop in here for a sec. I I know like there's, I think we both can agree. There's tons of these little groups forming all across the country, not just in Saskatchewan, not just in Alberta, everywhere. What I find very intriguing about your group is that, well, it's, it's somehow galvanized a group of people like it's become very notable right like I mean for myself I was joking around with you You know <clears throat> I had Ken on me you got to reach out to Nadine and we've met before Nadine right <laughs> obviously and uh, I was like yeah sure you know like wh- whatever like I was just I kind of was in my la-la land and he's like no no we need to and then we talked and you're like oh have you heard I'm going have I heard what and then I look <laughs> and I'm like Oh, I mean, you've had a phone call with, with Scott Moe, which I mean, I've been trying to convince Scott Moe to come on this uh, platform for some time, right? I think it'd be wonderful. You want to talk to some people that are pissed off, come to where they're pissed off, right? I think reaching out to you is a bunch mm-hmm. of concerned parents, a bunch of concerned citizens of his province. I'm curious, like, I'm listening, I'm going like, you seem like this sweet lady who's got <laughs> uh, three kids expecting, you know, you're expecting your fourth, and I go... What is it I'm missing here? Like, I feel like there's something I'm missing on how you've pulled people together that quickly, had an event, had it successful and just continue to grow.
1: Yeah. Um, I think part of it too is our, our message. We, we try to come from a level headed approach as well. We're very careful. Like when we do speeches and stuff that we're sticking with our message of fighting the division and hate, um, like I said, we're not anti-masks or anti-vax or anything like that. We're against the division hate that the vaccine passport creates. Now, when you you open up yourself like that, you tend to get people from all walks. There's a lot of small groups that would get the 20% that were really against everything to do with COVID, but then you have the 50% that didn't really have a place to go where they might've been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, but still aren't okay with what's happening with the vaccine passport and the segregation and stuff. Mm. And it was, a we really wanted to make it a place where people would feel comfortable coming. And I think a big part of that was too, that we have doctors and nurses in our group. So we had to be very careful with our, our messaging and stuff because we don't want to ruin the professionalism of our organization and anything that would put their jobs and career at risk. So so that might be what kind of made it go kind of a more um I say middle ground, although some some consider us extremist group.
0: well I mean, mean, isn't that a what you know, like I was saying to the wife today, she goes, Oh, who who are you interviewing? And I go, Oh Nadine S. And she goes, Well who's that? And I said, Well it depends who you listen to. I said (laughs) the opposition leader in Saskatchewan calls you an extremist radical. And I'm like, if Nadine Ness is an extremist radical, I hope all extremists in in Saskatchewan follow your suit. Because I go, (laughs) when I go to your Facebook page, when I see what you're doing in our communities, I go, we could all use a little bit of extremism then. Because you're trying to to sew everybody back together. And I go, "I, I don't know, every time I've been taught about extremism, uh, or extremists or radicals or whatever they're pretty far out there they're like yeah you know hate let's let's do some bad things kind of thing and i all i see is i don't know and maybe this isn't what you're going for but i just see kill them with kindness that's what i see yeah,
1: yeah. and it's funny too because the hate can come from both sides division can come from both sides and everything we try to do is something we're trying to bring people together. So, some, 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 it's funny because I'm hated by the one side that wants vaccine pa- mandated for everyone. And then sometimes I'm hated from, from our side because they say I'm too, too nice, too, too middle ground, or, or as I've been accused, being controlled opposition. It's just to me, the biggest problem here it, that I see is the destruction of society like we we've become something we never thought we would be like families being torn apart and and communities being torn apart neighbors not even talking to each other so it was a thing it was something that really needed to be addressed so that's kind of where where we where we focus on so i'm not going to do it like everyone else and I don't think we need to do it like everyone else. So Well,
0: I can agree with you there. The the uh, societal part of this, our humanity is an interesting thought because I think I've said it on here before. Like what is extremely concerning is how this has infected every single family that I know personally mm-hmm. um, to the point where n- lots of people aren't talking like, no, nah, we're not mm-hmm. talking like I just, nah, it's like. I know you get heated, but it's your family and you're supposed to, and I know there's certain families that could never, you know, they have that argument and then they blow up for 10 years and then they find a way to stitch back. But most families stick together right now. This is down to the, the family, the core of the, of, of society. This is infected at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know you'll have some thoughts on Scott Mo and the, and your conversations with him. but you know, our leaders and I sit right on the border and both mm-hmm. of them uh, had some pretty stern words for the one side. And when you do things like that, that's pretty much putting all the blame on them. And mm-hmm. once you have that, now, I mean, <laughs> it's been an odd couple of months. It just has.
1: Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, a lot of people will take their lead from government. If gov- especially in Canada, we've got this huge trust for government, right? compared to other countries so if the government's doing it then it must be right it must be okay so I think when the when the government started using that language you started seeing it a lot more in the public I mean the mainstream media was already doing it way before the government but the the fact that the government did it kind of enticed people to be bolder and start using that kind of language and some of the stuff that's come out of it is completely atrocious even the words coming from scott mo's mouth or premier mo's mouth was really atrocious we've had enough patience for you or um some of the other stuff he said just there'll be
0: con- consequences yeah right? we're gonna
1: make it difficult for you or yeah uh, yeah i'm trying to remember all the terms but
0: well it's it's pretty I, sad when you got to go back through to your leader's mo- and and that's what you're like uh huh. Th- those yeah. were some I know a lot of people. Those were some pretty tough days, and I don't think they real. Maybe, and I mean, how is? I love to think a leader understands the 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 consequences of their words because they're speaking for everybody. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, they think they're speaking for the majority of people, but to say those harsh comments, like they just have no idea the anxiety that they're putting on a group of people that are just trying to do best for their, you know, their and their own.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. The thing is it's funny you say that a leader, the language a leader those are not great great qualities of a leader. A great quality of a leader will bring people together and unite people, not cause division. It's actually the opposite of what a good leader does. It's um I can't say I wasn't disappointed. I was extremely disappointed in in his language use. I used to like the SAS party actually, so <laughs> I even thought. I thought one day, maybe, maybe when I'm like 20 years old, or maybe I'll run for, for their party. But after seeing that, it, I was so disappointed. And to be honest, I think, looking back, I think when Scott Moe looks back at that, he's going to see it as words he shouldn't have said. Um, hindsight 2020. But I don't know. I don't know where they came from. I don't know if they came from him or his advisors. It just, it didn't look like him i don't know well imagine like imagine theory me <laughs> no i
0: mean if we're i mean think about it i just go like think of the pressure you're under having mm-hmm. a group of thousands of people wanting you to do hard you got to be nadine you got to be harder you got to mm-hmm. be harder and you're like oh this is uncomfortable well now put it in a million people and just yeah. feel like i mean we're both going to sit here i'm certainly going to sit here and go well that's the job he signed up for And, you know, as a people, we need to uh, elect the best. And I think we're all understanding that. And I'm not saying Scott Moe isn't the best. I'm just saying, like, (laughs) who could have planned we'd be in the situation we're in? And I can't sit here and act like I fully understand, even remotely, the pressure Scott Moe's in. But I still have my part to play. And I still have sat here in front of this mic and had my part to play and I like to think that I haven't changed too much, although, you know, maybe the audience would suggest different. Mm-hmm. And there's been pressure on me too. You, you, everyone uh, who uh, has stood their ground in their thoughts and beliefs has had some sort of pressure put on them. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get a small inkling of what he's going through. Uh, it's just the harsh words, like to think out those words, man, uh, I don't know. I just take a step back and I go, i agree with you in a few years he's probably gonna go shouldn't have said that like should not have said that but i don't know what what was the phone call like well actually before we get to the phone call nadine Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you 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 were a cop for rcmp i don't i i don't know your role as being an officer but you were an officer for almost seven years i thought honestly i thought you were gonna lead off the start and i was like i (laughs) now i better make sure the 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 audience knows a little bit of your your background because i i was curious Did that help you in being like, something is up here?
1: Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I was a cop for almost seven years. I worked in North Battleford, Loche, Roster, and, and then my last post was Martinsville. So I, I've lived all over Saskatchewan, even in the north. Um, so I, I have a, di- a different perspective than probably a lot of people do, just because not a lot of people have gotten to experience living in, in such a different variety of places. But one of the things that I found very, I've always had really strong conviction and a sense of right and wrong. And when, when I would see something wrong, like someone being bullied or a victim being abused and stuff, I, I always had that strong conviction. I need to protect her. I need to protect her. And then all this started happening. And that sense of conviction didn't go away (laughs) just because I'm not a cop anymore. And one of the things we're trained when you're a police officer is the Charter of Rights and Freedom trumps all. You can only breach that if you have very good reason. So when I started seeing some of the stuff that's coming out, I'm like, that's odd. We need a warrant to get any medical information for anyone, but yet a waitress can ask for your private medical information. So there's a lot of things I was like that that's not matching up with, with, I guess, my set of morals, my conviction, and also I was trained on. So, so does it, does it make me aware? Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of the police officers who, who became police officers for the right reason feels the same way. Um, Unfortunately, I think a lot are put in a position where they can't really speak out against this, but a lot are. It's funny because I made this video to Scott Moe and I had some of my old co-workers that I hadn't spoken to in, in years reach out to me. I saw your video. It was awesome, but I can't join your group because I'd get in trouble. So it's just kind of funny to see see that kind of happen. But, but yeah, I think it did make a huge difference because... Um, I know the law and I know when you can break it as well like I'm not and um, kind of an idiot to that either I, I do know about the emergency orders when they're putting in place what what it means see I saw it a little bit differently too than the regular public so or I say some of the regular public so when they put the order in place and it said oh you can go into a house without a warrant or you can take land or I didn't see it as like, a, oh my gosh, they're going to come get our cows. I saw it as, yeah, when there's a flood or a fire, you have to sometimes go into people's homes to make sure they're alive, to, to pull them out. Or or you might sometimes have to take all the cows and change their fields if the field is on fire. So it's like a copy and paste the emergency warrant, the the the, the emergency order. It's not like, they can take some of it out. So when that was put in place, I didn't panic. I'm like, Oh, that's the same wording as usual. So things like that. I knew a little bit or, or the quarantine facilities or the, the quarantine camps, whatever some people call it. A lot of people were like, Oh my God, they're going to send all the unvaccinated there. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. There are people in certain situations that would need a place to go. Like the homeless people that we used to arrest on a daily basis that lives on the street. Well, we would bring them in because it'd be minus 40 well you can't put them in cells if they're COVID infected they'll infect the whole drunk tank sometimes it's 30 people in the drunk tank so so you'd have to have a place that's secure to bring them or like a lot of the first nations i'm just using that as an example they they have two or three generations in the house not everyone has two or three bathrooms or or have their own bedroom so if someone was COVID positive in their house? They'd have nowhere they could securely isolate. So there need to be a place for that. So when I saw stuff like that, I didn't panic. I tried to kind of calm people down because I, I I've seen the part of society that would require some of those facilities or, or things. So, so yeah, it did help in a way to bring it kind of to a level headed. But see, the the government should have done that.
0: Yeah. So I you was know, gonna I was gonna say Nadine, the problem should- is is the government should have just spoke openly. You go back to the yeah. cow thing. We're not going to steal yeah. your cows. And you're like, yeah, dummy, we don't all think that. Like, I mean, come on, get off your... Like, now you've just insulted your entire audience, especially the audience that doesn't believe a thing coming out of your mouth. If you would have just spoke openly, mm-hmm. especially with the quarantine facilities. Right? Uh, to me, when you read it, you go, what, what, what a lot of people say, and I'm thinking of like, uh, the Julie Panessi and those isn't that it'll be a problem right now. It's it's opening the door mm-hmm. for a problem later, right? Now you have yeah. these facilities. What happens with them down the road? I don't know. But right now you could speak to it and just be like, listen, it's been given blah, 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 blah. And you could have you just calmed things by not yeah. talking directly and trusting your audience, your public mm-hmm. with some of the information. Now you let conspiracy things go wild. And once they're out... You can't put that back in the box, like it's it's just no. gone. And now you're fueling the division, like it's yeah. just utter nonsense to me. <laughs> you know, you talk you talk yeah. about audience, um, RCMP guys not being able to come uh, come speak, uh, even get in your groups. I go back to episode 218, so you'll be episode 226. So if the audience listening wants to go back to what I'm talking about, Officer James drove to me from somewhere undisclosed in Alberta because he was terrified of what's going on and wanted to be an officer who spoke up, who's active and just let the public know what's going on. And I, I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Right. Like, but he said, like they're not allowed to speak up. Like even by driving here and doing what he did, he's like, if they find out I'm toast and you go, Oh, that's where we're at right now. We're in very, very precarious times then.
1: mm mm-hmm. Was there ever a time in history in Canada, anyways, where where you you were afraid of speaking? Like even me messaging that lady on the Facebook group, I was like, how, "How do you approach that subject? Are you okay with the restriction? Do you want more? Do you want less?" Like it's not it's not just sorry about the the screaming child in the background. I don't know if you can hear it, but he's not alone. My husband's with him, but um. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not just the officers, it's everyone, doctors, not af- like completely afraid to say anything at all that doesn't fit the main narrative. It's, it's gone to the point where we can't even have discussions back and forth or debate. Like even me coming from a level-headed approach and say, Hey, I'm not against the vaccine. I am against the passport. I'm being called a right-wing wacko <laughs> and an extremist. Like, we, we should be able to have these conversations. Like I'm, I'm a pretty level-headed person. I've been a professional. Like I, I, I was a police officer. And, and to be called that extreme um, over me not being okay with the population being segregated, that's just a pure example. Like what happened this week in mainstream media is an exact example why so many people don't speak out because the onslaught comes after right as soon as you do it's it needs to change too we can't fix this we can't come up with solutions if we're not allowed to discuss things so yeah
0: yeah i uh (laughs) i agree with you uh i haven't i can just imagine the onslaught from uh being national newsworthy um but I, I I said this early on and I continue to say it that I think we, I did a disservice by not starting to talk about this sooner because Mm -hmm. by not talking about it, we all just kind of went about it. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Everybody. Okay. And then here we sit. And now by trying to open up the discussion, everybody's like, no, this is over with just carry on with life. And you're like, "Mm, is it over with? I don't know about that. And, and so there's a lot of, if, if, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this. If I would have been starting, if I would have talked about this a year ago, maybe it would have got laughed out the door. I'm not sure. But here we sit, we're closing in on Christmas year two in the books. And when is the end in sight? I I don't know. You know, I just had Peter McCullough on and I was, I was surprised. He talked about Omicron and he talked about how it's transmissibility was less than Delta. And he goes, yeah, it's kind of odd. And I was like, Oh, because I could have swore all the articles news media I read says the complete opposite. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, how was the call with Scott Mo? Well, can you give us some, you don't have to read us play by play, but what did you think of that? I mean, that's gotta be a interesting moment for you.
1: Anytime I talk about it, the mainstream media will accuse him or, or use, use our, <laughs> our organization to try to slander him. Um, for one, I was not expecting that, that response in the in the media at, at all to think that that's such a big deal that he's talking to someone who represents now 14,000 people in the province. You would think that would be a conversation. How many times did he talk to, S- to Saskatchewan Teachers Federation president or any president of the union? Someone who represents a big group of people should be a normal conversation that would be had. Um, but anyways, no, and the thing is, we almost talked before, before it even became this big, when I was just the concerned parents group. So a few MLAs, people had reached out to him and and some, some people who knew him. So he he's known about me for a while. So when I say, I've tried to contact you, I've had... Um, And I even missed a call from his office the one time and I called back and it turned out he was there, but she said, I don't think he called you. I'm like, well, this number didn't show up on my phone for nothing. Well, and then his clerk, well, maybe I called you. I'm like, why would you have called me? (laughs) So so anyways, it's just kind of this really weird uh, instance, I think too, when you get that much attention from a video. And I think a a lot of MLAs um, saw that video and probably said, hey, you should probably call. I know of a few that has. So, so yeah, so I didn't think he was going to, to be honest. So I wasn't really expecting it. And I was on my way home, just picked up my two oldest kids and uh, I wasn't ready for it. At all. So we ended up pulling into a parking lot so I could concentrate. But yeah, I have my 12 year old daughter complaining next to me. The
0: How many times mom. did you yell at the kids? I'm talking <laughs> to the premier. Stop it.
1: no no my daughter kind of knew because she's 12 so she's she hears what goes on and stuff so she's like did he call did he really call so she had watched the video that we had made and stuff so is that really him that's what she was saying so no so it went really good um like he said we we didn't agree on everything and but but I also know how to conduct myself during a phone conversation, it's not going to be productive if you come at it with hate or anger or anything like that. It was more like, okay, we both want different things. These are the concerns that I'm hearing from people here. Here's some personal stories. There's obviously a lot of problems. I also talked about some of the problems that the doctors and nurses were bringing forward to us. So things like that. So it kind of gave him a Uh, I guess an eye or an ear into what was happening right on the ground that he might not have already been aware of. So, so a lot of things like the monoclonal antibodies, I say, well, it's not really apparent where people have to go to get it. So can you hear dogs barking or you're
0: good? You're good. I'm I'm listening. It's a nice serenade in the back.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't feel the same, but they're not gonna stop. So there's probably coyotes. We live in the middle of nowhere. So but yeah, so monoclonal antibodies, we didn't really know um where to go to get it. Someone asked me where do you go to get it? I said, I don't know. See, that's something everyone in the province should know as soon as they get COVID. And there's a treatment option that they can go and get it and where to go get it. So we talked about that. He's like, well, the intake's been really low from what i last I heard. I said, yeah, because no one even knows how to get it. I said, I'm not even sure my husband does and he's a doctor. So, (laughs) so, so it's stuff like that we addressed. And then uh, about potential uh, problem solving in the future with the healthcare uh, system, also how, how it's, we have so little ICU beds we should have upped it and we should have upped it a long time ago so he kind of talked to me about some of the issues they had and see that's where the government fails they don't they're not transparent with the public when they're having issues like that so instead of saying hey we screwed up we thought we had 170 ICU beds turns out staff shorted and stuff when push needed to shove push came to shove and we needed them we only had 87 but we're not going to talk about our screw-ups we're going to blame this on the unvaccinated (laughs) like and see that's that's where the the problem lies i think if the public were made more aware not just that on on basic covid stats not the oh this is how many people died this is how many people are um, are positive how about let's talk about the comorbidities what puts people more at risk Let's work on addressing those.
0: You know, and, it's, and it's it's what, funny what, though, what can... Nadine, we when like th- this just becomes I I go what is it with politicians and the word truth, right? Like they mm-hmm. they got to spin everything because you know, everyone always goes they got to get reelected. I'm like, well, I don't know. Wouldn't you reelect somebody who just spoke the truth? I I like to think I would. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But at this point, 2 years into this sucker I'm tired of hearing about cases. I'm tired of hearing about this. Give me some options. Oh, we got some monoclonal antibodies. Oh, wait. Half the people are dying with all these comorbidities. What is a comorbidity? Well, let me tell you. Boom boom boom. If you want to get healthy, we're going to make it manage or we're going to open up all gyms cuz they are pretty essential it, it turns yeah. out. Oh, and wait, sports and athletics and all these things that keep us healthy. Oh, and wait, anxiety and suicide and things like that. Jeez. And instead it's the same old thing. You know, and I think that's where a lot of the the anger and resentment and why there's a, a chunk of the population that don't want to give anyone a break in politics right now, because they won't give themselves the, you know, they won't like the track record is they just keep singing the same old tune, expecting a different outcome. Well, at some point, at some point, and this is why I was interested, you know, after I read all the stories on you, I was like, hmm, here's a lady who took it upon herself to create something out of nothing. And got, you know, one way or another has the premier corner. I think that's my hat's off to you because a lot of people are trying different ways to make that happen, right? To try and move the dial, so to speak, just a little bit, not a 180, not like COVID doesn't exist. We're back to normal, but for the love of God, at some point here, we got to start to moving it where we find a way to bring everybody back together. Like you said, and I mm-hmm. just admire you, Nadine, from what I've heard now and watching what's going on. I go, huh? well, I'm, I, I think maybe some Saskatchewans and other people across our great country could probably take a lesson or two from you to how you approached it. Because it obviously was working a little bit because otherwise mm-hmm. Premier wouldn't call you back. He'd label you an extremist and would be like, <laughs> I ain't talking to that. Uh, what did you call yourself a wacko YouTuber?
1: Uh, A right wing wacko. That's what, that's what uh, Ryan called me. (laughs) It's funny too, that he used that term considering in 2015, I actually voted for Trudeau. I regret it now before you give me a hard time.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, Interview over. Yeah. I'm sorry, (laughs) folks. I didn't know that part of it. eh?
1: I'm originally from the East coast. So, um, you can't, we kind of grow up more liberal there so when I moved moved out west it took me a little bit to wake up but yeah no I um don't worry I've I've regretted it since <laughs> and I I've um I will fully take the blame <laughs> Can send hate my way I but although I don't think my vote mattered because I lived in Saskatchewan at the time and conservatives uh did win but still it's, it's funny, yeah, that he said that because not only that, I'm also, uh, I used to be like president of the union when I worked for the federal government before I was RCMP in, in the northern region. I was actually president for the, all of the north. So it's just kind of funny that he pegged me a right-wing wacko.
0: President, where, president of what, Nanny?
1: Of the union, uh, PAC, I think it was called at the time. So it's uh, the federal government's union. So I was, I was the president of the area for all the North. So <laughs> not really a right wing type of position.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, the, you know, that's one where you go, oops, I probably should have done just a smidge more homework, you know, yeah. and realized, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. I just called, but I mean, you might also well take the, the media coverage and run. It's only, I mean, since that happened, how's the, I assume it's attracted a few people to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah um I'll be honest the first day when I saw that like it hit hard and uh <laughs> I was like wow um that kind of hurts because you you know who you are but to see y- your name being portrayed something completely different was was hard but then the following day when I heard uh what Scott uh premier Scott Moore was saying it's uh when he says it's time we end the stigmatization of the unvaccinated I'm like wow he actually listened or or maybe it was my videos that he said he didn't watch it I'm pretty sure he did (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they all did they want to say they didn't but why would he have called so so but I I think they're starting to see what's happening out there and they they have friends and family that that are not vaccinated so they they know they hear the stories so I think I think it was it I think it was something they were feeling for a while and and then they just hadn't didn't know where to start or how to approach it or or what because when when I talked to Scott on the phone it was something we talked about about the division and stuff and I told them stories and he's like, I'm, I'm getting the same stories. I have family and friends who aren't vaccinated. So he's like, I know it's a problem. So I said, Okay, then address it. <laughs> and he's he said he was planning on it. But I don't think he was planning on addressing it that early. But then Ryan didn't really give him a choice. So it was kind of neat to see that happen so fast. And And even not just that if you if you If you are interested in politics, if someone's watching this, if you go back and look at question period that week, there was more than just those words. There was a a complete switch in the house. When he did his speech on Thursday, I think it was around 11 o'clock, if you go back and watch it, he did his speech and he had a standing ovation from all the MLAs. You could almost see like this weight or this dark, dark cloud kind of be lifted. Like almost like people were waiting for this, but they, they didn't want to say anything. They didn't want to kind of go against him. And then all of a sudden you see this this, this big lift. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's going to stay that way. And I'm hoping it's not going to go back to, um, we're going to make it difficult for you or we're going to make it uncomfortable for you. I'm hoping there's going to be changes coming in the future. But I do understand too, we got to understand any move they do, whether it be courageous or the right thing to do, if it doesn't fit the mainstream narrative, they're going to get attacked. Like he got attacked for doing something good, calling people in the community, calling someone who represents a big part of his voter base, like, and he got attacked for that. So what do you think is going to happen when he starts implementing changes? to unstigmatize the unvaccinated see he he's going to get it from all sides so it's going to be when when i think about how do we affect change it's more than just changing the minds of the politicians we might be there with the stigmatizing of the unvaccinated but we need to change the mind of the public interest or the public perception too because Politicians are just going to do what the public wants them to do. So we need to, to show them what the public wants because the mainstream media is not going to do it. So the way you show them is unified grassroots. We now have 14,000 members in two months. That kind of gives Mo the message that, okay, maybe a lot of people aren't okay with, with the policy they're implementing. So, so they have a job to do, but we also have a job to do as the public. Let them know that we're okay with it. We're, we love the new direction they're going. Like call your MLA and say, what happened this week at the house is awesome. Keep going that way. Start doing, following it up with actions. Don't, don't call and say, I don't trust you. It's the worst thing you could have done. You lied to us then. I don't trust you now. Or, or kind of follow it up with hate. I know we're angry for what they did before. But if we want change, and we want them to keep going that way, let's let them know all our loud voices that we like the new direction, that we want them to keep going that way. So it's hard to do when you're so angry at someone for treating you poorly, but I think I think right now, it's funny, I kind of use this with my kids, <laughs> you know, reward the good behavior. <laughs> don't constantly bring up the bad behavior, right? You want to reward the good behavior. So, so when they do something good, you call and say, good job, good job. I'm really happy you did it that way. But you don't say, oh, but you did a really bad mess yesterday, you know, no. so kind of see it that way. <laughs> Treating uh, the government like our children.
0: I I think um, you're the second person in, I would say, a week. I think it was Shane Getson first. He was the MLA from Alberta that came on and gave me a little bit of hope. And I, I haven't felt that way in a long time. And I had a lot of listeners text me going, geez, that was rather enjoyable. And mm-hmm. when I hear you talking about, I go... Hmm. There's something there because I can feel that like when I listen to you I go, hmm. Yeah, I like that. So here's my question to you then. How do people uh join, get a hold of you, uh find a way to become a part of this if they're in Saskatchewan? I don't know if it matters if they're in Saskatchewan. I assume that no. would be most preferable, but at the same time if they want to uh help lend a, a voice to what you're doing Nadine, how do they get a, how do they find you?
1: Sure, we've got our website which is grassroots.com so just spelt just like it said grassroots.com You can also find us on Facebook, um, on our Facebook group which is Unified Grassroots. Um, so we have a group, a business page. If you don't want to join the group, you can follow the business page, same name, just the business page. All our posts there are public, versus the group is. When it was made, it was made private. So you can't share any of the stuff in there. So there's those locations. We also have, you can subscribe to email updates with the website. You just go on our website. It'll say, um, get connected. And then there's an option in there. We, I believe we do have Twitter, but we're just starting to use it. All,
0: uh, what I'll do is in the show notes, I'll put your website. I think sure. that'd probably be the safest way for them to find it. Yeah. Right.
1: Everything's on the website. So, and yeah, and you, you said a comment about Saskatchewan. So one of the things out of this, we had new, uh, Epoch Times did a really awesome article about us. So so we've actually had a lot of people from Ontario, BC, Nova Scotia, kind of all over Canada actually join um, this past week, and I forgot to mention, we've grown by four thousand in the last uh, two. Well, it probably be two and a half weeks since I made that video there, and even just this last week, I think w- this last week is by three thousand. So, so a lot of people are joining, and I think whether it's good press or bad press, the people who watch mainstream media, who who are aware. They, they know everything gets twisted. So they, I think it sent a lot of people, oh, Ryan doesn't like her. I'm probably going to love her. <laughs> so, and the funny thing is, I actually had some people message me, two people who were NDP uh, before. And they said after seeing that, they couldn't believe how much, like they had to go check out for themselves. And they actually like what we're about. And they're like, yeah, we're not voting for Ryan again. So he's actually losing some followers. <laughs> but it's um yeah i i i think uh if if you guys want to have like a a place where you you can kind of make a difference and have a strong voice that that will actually make a difference that that will actually put pressure i think the more we grow in numbers the louder that voices that voice gets you know because it's something to say you have 500 people in your group but let's say it grows to 50,000 in Saskatchewan, that's 50,000 that cannot be ignored, no matter how much.
0: Well, later. and every, everybody's searching for a way to move the needle, right? It's yeah. just like, how do we move the needle? How do we just affect a little bit of change? It doesn't have to be this giant thing. And with your group, you've you've moved the needle. Even if it's a slight bit, it's a noticeable bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you've shown the way for people to maybe uh, start to move the needle in their own respective camps, uh, their respective provinces, et cetera. And I think everybody's searching for solutions. We've all been complaining and finding the problems in everyday life. Everybody wants a little bit of hope. And I feel like you're, you're offering some of that up, which is pretty cool. That's pretty rare in these times, uh, to, to find something like that. Well, before I let you out of here, Nadine, we got to do the final question, uh, brought to you by crude master transport. Shout out to Heath and Tracy McDonald. Uh, supporters of the podcast it's the very beginning I sometimes wonder I'm gonna have to have Heathrow back on here because I mean the podcast has gone from Don cherry and that sort to <laughs> now yeah. where we sit and I'm not I put I tell you what Nadine I put you in the same uh company as 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 Don cherry <laughs> um so here's here's my one question for you I, I'm curious what your thoughts on this are but I've had a lot of different people give me different uh different guests uh, guess they would have on Who would you sit down and pick the brain of right now? Um, maybe within Saskatchewan. I'm going to hold it to Saskatchewan and see if there's a name that comes up that you're like, you know what? I'd love to sit and pick this person's brain.
1: Oh yes. Um, what's his name? Well, I wouldn't want to pick his brain. I'd want to debate with him. Okay. Doctor, is it Doctor Missouri? What's his name? The one in Saskatoon? That's... The one
0: in Saskatoon that was on the articles from Global?
1: Oh No, I don't know. I don't know. Here. I'm going to just Google it. Oh, but... wait. Are we talking? You know his... we talk. The one that, that just always raising the alarm, causing fear and panic in Saskatoon. H- Hassan Masri. Yes. Him. And debate with him. Ooh. I would love to have ring the, him. Ring
0: the, ring the bell. <laughs> Sean Newman podcast, Hassan Masri versus, uh, well, no, not versus, a, a, a nice discussion with Nadine Ness. <laughs> hey?
1: I think, I think, but see, that's the thing. You have some people that are pushing that fear narrative so strong and what we what, and they're allowed, they're given the platform, they're all over mainstream media. And then you don't have the counter narrative out there i'd love to get both narratives out there and see who comes out the the strongest
0: well i don't even know
1: even debates of of doctors like jason uh uh not mccullum uh jason is it jason mccullough
0: no it's peter peter mccullough or
1: yeah yeah or having him and or or ryan miley whatever his name is missouri missouri and some, some other doctors and see, and see, and just see what would happen. See, but I don't think they'd ever come on.
0: Yeah. I, I disagree. I think they would. No? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I tell you what, yeah. Let, leave it in my court. I mean, what, what is it? See, see if it, Ryan it, it
1: will come on with me.
0: <laughs> let, let's put it, let's, let's put it this way. <laughs> why would a guy and i mean this no offense actually I'll, I'll cause offense to the two of us why would a guy like hassan be nervous about a lady nadine what really i mean at this point he's been in the ic room yeah. he knows all about everything covid related inside and out i would think at this point so yeah. for him um maybe uh, i this is my my thought for Molo. if he, if he ever listens to this is like, you want to talk to all the people that you think are just a bunch of morons. Come on here. There's a lot to listen and let's see what you have to say. Cause maybe you can convince half of them you're right. And you win part of the, the segment back yeah. to you.
1: And see, see that you said a point there. He's in the ICU. He sees that side of it. He doesn't see all of this side.
0: No, because there's, like, yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a, there's a ton of different perspectives going on in society right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you having kids, me having kids, we know <laughs> a little something different going on right now. And yeah. that is, uh, well, as a parent, that's, that's why I sit here doing what I do. Mm-hmm. And I've said that multiple times, but regardless, maybe yeah. I will, let's it. ring the bell. Let's see if anything comes <laughs> of it. I appreciate you coming on and, and doing this with me and yeah. giving me some of your time away from your, your family. And, uh, I appreciate what you're doing. I think okay. anytime hey. you can move the needle, um, I can't honestly sit here and say, I know of too many doing it in Saskatchewan or Alberta for, for, uh, just where I sit. I haven't seen many, so I appreciate you, what you're doing. And, and, uh, I look forward to seeing what you do in the future here.
1: Sure. And also I just want to say, it's not me moving the needle. It's our whole group. So I don't want to take all the credit for it. Cause it wouldn't have been possible without our whole team and all the members and stuff. So Yes. Uh,
0: Yes. (laughs) I apologize. Of course. I mean, yes, I just don't want
1: to, I just don't want to say it's all me because it's not, it's not just the group I sit like throughout all of this, God has been completely guiding my steps. So I even have to give him credit because I wouldn't be able to do this on my own if it wasn't for him. So, but yeah,
0: I appreciate some time of yours and uh, go back to your kids. Thanks. Okay. Thanks.
1: See ya.
0: Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Make sure to like and subscribe. Believe me, it does help. And if you find folks want to do me a favor and check out the Sean podcast.com I want to know what you think. Uh, shoot me a text. Hit me up on, on social media. I'm always curious to see what uh, you loyal listeners uh, think of the new digs and any thoughts on it. And finally, if you want to support the podcast, check out my Patreon account in the show notes. Now, go kick some ass. We'll see you next week.